Welcome to the Heart Soul Wisdom Podcast, a journey of self-discovery and transformation. Moira Sutton and her amazing guests share real-life stories, tools, and strategies to inspire and empower you to create and live your best life. Come along on the journey and finally blast through any fears, obstacles, and challenges that have held you back in the past so you can live your life with the joy, passion, and happiness that you desire. Now, here's your host, Create the Life You Love Empowerment Life Coach, Moira Sutton. Welcome to Episode 10, Connecting to Your Innate Joy and the Angelic Realm, with our special guest, energy intuitive and channel, Teresa V. Teresa is a globally acclaimed energy intuitive, master of the healing arts, channel, and transformational teacher. She offers spiritual teachings in a fun, which I love, relevant and instant applicable way that helps conscious intuitives, sensitive world changers, heal and step into their purpose and live a joy-filled life. She calls people who she feels that they should have attended Xavier School for the Gifted Youngsters before being sent out into the real world, into their greatness, helping them to create greater health and vibrancy while assisting them in finding the strength in their sensitivity and guiding them in the use of their superpowers. As a visionary and a love warrior, she takes a fierce stand for peace and empowers sensitives to stand in their truth of who they truly are so they can live their life with purpose, passion, and feel fully alive and fulfilled. So without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce you to our special guest, Teresa V. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really thrilled to be here with you. I am so excited that you are here. I I feel your message and what you do is just brilliant. and, And right now, especially right now with great change and turbulence in the world. I feel people need to hear um, hope, have hope and have a, a message of inspiration to empower them and not these messages we have out there that are keeping you in fear-based or keeping us conflicted. So coming into this unity consciousness. Yes, this is why I'm so glad you do what you do because you're doing exactly that. So thank you. You're welcome. So let's start. I have so much I want to talk to you about. So let's start right away. How- <laughs> How did you start on your personal spiritual journey, like beginning in your childhood? And how did you become an energy intuitive and start to channel Archangel Michael? That's a big question, but that's the first one I'm going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a really long story, but um, but I'll tell you the abridged version. So, so um, I had a near-death experience at about three months old. And my sense is I don't really know who I was before then, but I came back, um, as a lot of people do from a near-death experience, feeling much more spiritual and, you know, being aligned with their spiritual gifts. And that's, that's the only thing I can imagine happened because every group of spirituals or psychics I've ever been in, everybody's had a near-death experience. So when I remembered this was part of my story, it made sense. Um, and from there, you know, I just read my whole childhood from the time I could pick up a book, uh, everything spiritual, everything about religion, everything about holy people throughout the ages, um, ghosts and metaphysics and the occult, like anything I could get my hands on. And so I started educating myself very young on all of these things. And I have this insatiable 
thirst for knowledge. Um, you know, and that was sort of my journey. And then for a while, you know, I, as a child, I think a lot of us are super sensitive and, and can see and perceive things that maybe other people can't. And, and so that was happening to me, especially at night. And when other people were frightened by it and couldn't explain it, I sort of shut it down, right? I, I closed that part of myself so that I could survive, so that I could not be afraid for a little while. But when I got into, I think it was my early 20s, those parts of me started to demand once again to be presenced, to be part of my life. And so I started having these crazy electrical problems where, you know, the lights um, and lampposts would blow out when I was under them or uh, computers and stereo equipment would just die constantly. So, so there was something more to this whole thing and people around me started noticing this. So it wasn't just me making it up. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> around this time I found yoga in a very serious way. And I was really blessed to be led to an ashram where I studied to become a teacher. And I say this because I studied with a Swami who understood energy And so she started to notice that wherever I was in the classroom, her light would blow out. And so one day she takes me to the side and she says, I am really tired of changing my light bulbs every time you show up. So please go take this training. And she sent me off to a Reiki training. Now I was blessed, really blessed to grow up in a religious household. Um, I have no regrets about that. I loved every aspect of it. However, Reiki was not part of our vernacular and neither was some of the the things that I was experiencing. And so I was a little bit afraid going to this class. And, um, you know, the teacher was someone I recognized at a soul level instantly as soon as we met when I got there. And that kind of disarmed me a little bit. But I was so excited once I learned Reiki and I was like, this is my calling. This is my destiny. I need to do this. And from that point on, I left that class and I never looked back. During that class, my my gifts started to open again. I opened the door after class and I saw colors the way I had never seen them. That's wonderful. And it was amazing because my, my energy was just channeling. I was beginning to let it back in and my higher self and my guides were letting me experience it in a way that was not scary this time. And I think that's what a lot of us need to realize is that we have the power of how much and when. Um, and basically... From there, I just studied, I was led to the next thing that I should study and the next thing and the next thing. And I ended up studying um, a a form of energy healing that specifically comes through the archangels and it's called integrated energy therapy. And I started working with the angels in session then. And that's how I started to really get to know them and how they worked and how they helped people in session. And then one day, like I just noticed that that before I went to bed, I was able to hear other beings. And I started to say, huh, okay, if I can have these conversations right before I go to bed, why can't I have them during the day? And I started to live in a way that was almost like I was turning a radio dial for those of you who are old enough to remember a radio, um, you know, where, where it would be like, I'd be listening to the humans and then I'd be listening to the guides. And, and that sort of is how I have every conversation now, you know, like this is guides talking in one ear and humans talking in the other. Um, and one day, and I love this, the angels just sat me down and they were like, you're, you're going to start doing readings where, you know, you're going to do readings. And I said, no, no, I'm not. That's not my path. And, 
And they said, yeah, no, we're going to work through you. And this is what we need you to do. And I said, well, my path is to empower people not to take their power away. And in my experience, people become addicted to readings. They want a reading every time they have a decision to make. And Mm -hmm. yeah, and I'm not about that. Mm -hmm. And so they agreed and we came to, like we put all our cards on the table and, and we came to the understanding that every reading I gave, they would help that person to feel empowered and help them to see how much they were already communicating with their angels. Mm -hmm. And so that's been my, that's been my sign from them is that it happens every time. And when it stops happening, then I I told them that's when, that's when I quit. (laughs) So, so from there, it's just started, you know, and that's how I channel them. I channel them in readings and then I channel them when it's, when I'm on stage or when, you know, they need to come through, they'll just talk to me or through me. And, and it just sort of evolved very naturally, which I think is my big message. You can really get in touch with your innate abilities in a way that is very smooth and feels very natural. Your world doesn't have to change in a second. You don't have to be afraid. It can just happen very smoothly. Hmm. Wow. And so can everyone speak to their angels? And, and, and you know, people say to me, because I've only seen this once in my work, is that, you know, angels nine feet, 10 feet tall with wings. But tell us other ways that angels can speak to us so our listeners can understand it's not just angels with wings, but just share other ways that they can communicate with us. And can everyone speak to the angels? Yes, absolutely. Everyone can speak to the angels. And I really wish they would because then they could stop nagging me to tell everybody to speak to them. (laughs) Their life purpose is really to help us and to help us to be more in our space of peace. And they can only help us if we ask them to. We have free will choice so that that prevents them from assisting us without our permission. Unless we're in a matter of life and death and it's not our time to die, then they can swoop in. We've all heard those stories of Mm -hmm. somebody swooping in and pushing you out of the way of a moving car and then disappearing. Um, And, you know, I've heard a lot of things from a lot of people. Some people find feathers. Um, That happened to me once. I opened my toilet and there was a feather in the toilet. You know, it was really... uh, (laughs) Some people find coins or there's butterflies that pass. Mm -hmm. Some people see pops of color. Some people see light beings. Some people see with their inner vision. Um, You know, when they close their eyes, they can see the light or whatever. And some people feel their presence. Like they'll feel the touch of feathers on their skin or they're they're going to hear a high-pitched sort of sound. Um, And that's all your angels and your guides trying to get your attention and also answering the questions that you've asked them. So yeah, there's a million different ways to experience them and you can tell them what would be comfortable to you. Like I was talking to a client yesterday who said, I asked my angels specifically to send me butterflies and they did. Mm. And yeah, so you can tell them what would be pleasing to you and they will do backflips because they'll be so happy that you want to communicate with them and that you're telling them how it would be comfortable for you. Oh, that's a, that's a great message. Now, Teresa, are you always open and hearing when they come to speak to you or do you turn that off and turn that on? Is it an on off button or are you always mm-hmm. listening to your, your guides and your angels? 
it's sort of a 50, 50, right? <laughs> so, so I don't do this with other people. Um, you know, I, I kind of turn off all of my intuitive gifts around other people, mm-hmm. unless I'm getting a hit that needs to be communicated. Like that's my, my deal with God, you know, is, is I'm turning this off. And if, if you need me to, to know something in order to help another person or to pass on a message, then you're going to give it to me in their midst and I will give it to them. Um, otherwise, it's off because no one has given me their permission to like explore their whole, their whole life, right? You know, because if someone comes to me in session, you're saying, okay, I give you permission. If someone's not in session, they're not giving me permission. So why would I go and look into their aura? So So that's kind of the integrity that I bring. So in that case, it's off. But sometimes, you know, I'll be in the middle of a train station and the angels will pass on a message. Like maybe it's be careful, move left or don't get on that train car, get on a different car. So it's, you know, I'm I'm kind of personally always in dialogue with my angels. Mm -hmm. um, But in terms of the work and passing on message, I turn that on and off based on uh, the situation. Mm hmm. Thank you. Teresa, do you ever feel disconnected and feel alone? Or do you always feel, you know, that, no, I know they're all there and I'm not alone? Again, um, yes. (laughs) So I know that they're all there. I have had so many instances in my life where um, I have been held by the divine and by my angels and by my team. So I never, not for one second, doubt that they're there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I wish that they would be a little bit more forthcoming when I'm in the middle of something. And, you know, it, it sort of is those situations where you're going through a major change and it involves you personally taking Mm -hmm. steps that they sort of take their hands off the wheel and they're like, you're driving now, you know? And in those moments, I kind of wish they would be more present, but I know they're there and I know they're watching. And I know that if I start to swerve the car, they'll grab the wheel. So, um, so, so there are times where I do feel alone and it's usually in at, at those points where I know I have to go deep within and pull something out of myself and my own strength in order to move forward. That's wonderful. So right now, a lot of people are having feelings of uncertainty, fear, mm-hmm. they're anxious and this great, you know, this change of upheaval and just what we're going through with the coronavirus and that. What are the messages that you hear from the angels to support people and guide them to start to begin to hold that new vision of the world? And what does that look like? Um, okay, so so in, <laughs> yeah, that's a big question. Sorry, um, I'm a little chunker. I put a lot in. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. Um, so So let's just say that the big message has been to hold the vision. And a lot of us have been doing that for a while, right? And and in doing that, what's happened is we can't get the planet the way it it was to the place of the vision we're holding for it. So what needed to happen was all of the things that were hiding in the shadows, mm-hmm. right? The more light that we hold, the less shadow there is. Like think about noon on a beautiful sunny day, there are no shadows, right? everything is like just completely bright. And that's kind of where we are now. So there was no place for any of this darkness and the shadow to hide anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's coming up for us to see it, for us to address it, and for us to move through it in order to build the world that we want to live in. Because this energy was too low vibration to just 
continue on with us. It, it needed to be transmuted. It needed to be observed and then acted upon. And that's kind of where we are. And a lot of sensitive people really wanted to just hold the vision and for us to get there, like tra la 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 la, right? But you know, great change always comes after a period of chaos. And that's kind of where we are right now. And what we need to do is stay as balanced as possible in all the ways to really hold our center. And there are going to be issues where you need to get involved, right? Where you need to be out maybe protesting or sign some sort of document or whatever it is and do that from a place of centered certainty instead of being swept up in the energy of those around you. And in doing this, we can continue to hold the vision and then take the action steps that we're being asked to take by the divine in order to get there. When we stay as balanced and centered as possible, then we can hear our guidance from our higher self and from our divine team in every single moment. So that's the big message. Um, I'm just kind of feeling in around coronavirus, like there's so much around that. Um, but basically the angels had been saying to us at the end of last year, like, just get yourself as strong as possible. You need to be able to hit the ground running when 2020 hits. And we didn't know what that was about. And to be honest, the angels have told us they didn't know what it was about either. They didn't know what shape or form it was going to take. Um, but this is the form it took, and it took the form that was the most available to every human being on the planet for them to make the changes that are needed to bring our earth into the next vibration. Um, and that that's kind of all they knew. They were like, hey, this was a surprise to us too, you know, but we knew that we would need to support you, and we knew that you would need to be strong enough to make it through this year. And I think you also speak about that, you know, we've been wanting this for so long, maybe not consciously, but, you know, we knew this coming in for our own soul blueprint for this lifetime that whatever oh, yeah. the work we are here to do that, again, we didn't know what this was when it landed. It's a whole new experience for us. But, yeah. but, but breaking down, I love how you said that, like, you know, the light in the dark and we're at, we're at this choice point right now and people can't lie anymore. You know, the truth is coming out and that's, and on all this thing around racism and, judgment of gender or color or age or ability to knock down the walls for that and to have this, you know, heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really easy for, um, for us not to look and see where there are things like racism within us. But, you know, we were just talking about this yesterday, my husband and I, and we grew up on cartoons that portrayed racism as like, a normal everyday thing, you know, and that normalized it for us, even though maybe we don't go out and say certain things or, or act in certain ways, somehow it's programmed into our subconscious. And so it's a real time for all of us to look and see where that subconscious bias and subconscious programming is with everything in our lives and explore how do we want to address this moving forward? Where do we actually want our energy to be and how much of this do we want to take with us? And, and that's really really been um, a deep internal exploration for, for many, many of us this year. Mm -hmm. Well, I believe we're at this turning point where, again, as I said, the choice point that right now is the soul awakening whole event happening. And I want to ask you, how do people heal the wounds that they have within themselves? And I, I heard what you say about going deep in and also generational wounds. How do, how do people step into the light and the love and the truth of who they truly are? Really, 
the number one way is to really set a powerful intention, mm. right? So, so one thing we forget when we come here on this planet is how powerful we truly are as souls, as beings, as points of light. And we forget our own power. And so we always think that we need other things in order to get things done. And the biggest changer, game changer in our lives is our intention. So anytime we set a powerful intention, then the universe aligns to help us in that intention. And so I would say that's number one. And even if you're not sure that you're willing, you just have to be willing to be willing. Because mm -hmm. a lot of us have had the experience, I, I don't know if this is true for you, but definitely true for me, where you know, we align with an intention and then things happen and change very quickly. And we're like, I don't know if I was ready for this. And, oh, uh, you know, who am I going to lose or, or who walked out of my life? You know, all of those things that happened. Um, and sometimes then we're a little bit hesitant to, to move energy that quickly again, because we don't want to go through the loss or the shedding that it involves. Um, and the beautiful thing that the angels keep saying is, you know, if you're really depressed and you're sad and you lose all your friends and all your family, you're actually of no use to the light at this point because you're just licking your wounds constantly. So what we need is for this to move in a way that feels good to you, where you can be at your best energy so that you can be of the most use to the light and holding the light on the planet. So I would say start with intention and you can ask your angels to come and help you heal these things. And so a lot of times that will be over dream time because that's the time where they can most safely do this. And you may start to notice that you're having certain kinds of dreams or that things are repeating in your dreams. Um, you know, and so that's a really good start. And then if you need outside help, a lot of times you'll be led to a person or a situation, or you'll hear about a class, and then you can go deeper into your healing journey. But intention is is absolutely key. Mm -hmm. Well, one of my favorite books that sits around every day when I do my inspirational reading is Wayne Dyer's The Power of Intention. Mm. I can read that one over and over and over again, or any of his work. <laughs> mm -hmm. Share with us what the still point is, and where you know everything exists, and how how can people access that so they can start to manifest the life they truly desire and want? I love this question um, <laughs> because everything right now is like not the still point. Um, <laughs> so the still point, when I refer to the still point, it's that place within you where you know, you just know that everything is absolutely okay. So it's almost like being in grandma's arms when you were a kid or, you know, smelling something that someone baked or smelling Thanksgiving dinner or whatever it was for you that just made you forget everything else and, and be in that moment. The still point is completely being in that moment, moving into the place inside of you where all of the swirling energy on the outside doesn't matter because you're still and you're centered and you're operating from the place where you know that you are supported. And there are so, 
everyone has their own way of getting there. For some, it's meditation. For some, it's yoga or running. You know, for other people, it's painting or cooking or even cleaning. You know, like, what is it that you do when you feel anxious? I had somebody say to me yesterday, you know, I, I've walked four miles and then I ran four miles because I was feeling anxious. And that got them into their still point. And, and so that's important for us to do right now because it's in that still point where every bit of everything that we need lies. Every bit mm. of wisdom, every bit of information, every bit of connection. And when we can get there, then then our higher self can start to talk to us and lead us to the next synchronicity and the next place that we need to be. Yeah, there's a lot of trust to have in there and faith. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I talk about asking, knowing, and really having that faith and allowing, and also the process of surrendering when we come into being anxious or fearful to hand it over to whatever it is for the person, a higher, you know, their guides, God, the universe and surrendering is uh, it's not um, an act of being kind of less than it's, it's really an empowering thing because you're surrendering something higher than yourself. So it's not a weakness. It's not a weakness that it's empowerment. It's actually one of the strongest ways to be, you know, when you can actually surrender something and be in that place of trust, it requires great strength. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's difficult. And one of the ways that I found, you know, in the beginning of my journey, especially that it was easy for me to do that was I created this special box that I called the God box. You know, I had heard somebody talk about this, so I did it. And anything that I was worried about or anything that felt too big for me to handle, I would write down on a piece of paper, fold it up, Put it in the box. And the deal was that once you put it in there, you trust that God, your angels, your divine team, whatever it is that whatever vocabulary you choose to use is taking care of it. And you need to completely let it go. And you can't take it back once it's in the box. Mm-hmm. And it would be funny because I would maybe like three or six months later go in and clean it out and be like, I totally forgot this was even a thing, you know? And it just, things would resolve themselves as long, as soon as I would hand them over. And it was just amazing. So that's always, if you're having a hard time with the concept of surrender, this is a great practice to kind of get there. I like that. God box. <laughs> how, how can somebody discover their own personal guardian angels and, and, you know, do they, do they receive a name? Do you have names of different angels? Do they change for people? I know we've had this discussion, but I want our listeners to hear that. Yeah. Um, our So our personal guardian angels can change over our lifetime. They don't have to, but they can based on choices you make and how your life path actually shifts. So, um, you know, if your guardian angels are great for you in childhood and all of the things that your soul chose to experience and explore in childhood and then you make the choice to study let's say science in college and the the angels that were with you for your childhood maybe would have been better suited to you choosing an art path then you'll receive a change of guardianship and and so a lot of times what happens during that change is that we may feel like exactly how you asked about before do you ever feel left alone and that's a time where we'll feel left alone will actually feel the emptiness of our guides leaving us and new ones coming in because there is a point in between where you know the changing of the guard is happening and there's no one necessarily there and we're never left alone but there's not anyone standing right in that spot um and so that's kind of how the change works and you can 
you can always get in touch with your guardian angels just by talking to them. You can ask them, you know, if you go into a meditative state or a prayerful state or just go to that quiet place within you and you can talk to your angels and you can ask them to make themselves known to you. And then what you have to do is pay attention to all five of your senses. Don't always expect you're going to see because you may be someone who feels or hears or tastes. So pay attention or smells even. Pay attention to your senses right after you ask a question. And as soon as you start to kind of feel them or experience them, then you can ask, do you have a name and you hear a sound? Or, but, but it's all about you learning how you feel them and how you experience their presence. And then you can deepen into them more and more as soon as you start trusting that. Mm-hmm. As you're speaking, well, I, I also can connect with my, my angels and my guides in that. Um, but with that being said, when you're speaking, I just, I'm feeling so much love from this, mm-hmm. our conversation and just love vibrating out and, um, when I feel that connection to the soul, I get tears that well up. And I'm feeling some of that as I'm speaking to you too. So that's, that's all good. It's all good. Awesome. What, what practices do you teach people to create a safe space, like especially empaths and sensitives? Um, because I know I, I wasn't taught that when I started to see spirit and then, you know, hear them and feel them. Um, I was in a fearful state because I had no one to show me the way. What practices do you teach people so they feel they're safe and that who's coming in to speak to them is really that person. Ah, okay. (laughs) I was like, I was thinking a different direction. And and so um, the, the way that I always approach this still to this day, right? I will ask Archangel Mikael and the Legion of Light to surround me, to surround the meeting, to surround the space and to only let through beings that are of the highest intention for good Mm. and of the highest light. Because guess what? There's a lot of people to deal with in this world that have mixed intentions, right? I don't need to deal with beings on the other side that have the same thing. I only want to deal with the highest light. I don't want to waste my time and I don't want to create a situation that could complicate life for me or for anyone else. So, so that's kind of how I approach that. And it's a very strong boundary and empaths and sensitives are not often really good with boundaries. So this may be a good way to get used to setting a boundary. So Archangel Mikael is the protector angel, the legion of light, they're protectors. They will surround the space. And, and I always see them in a circle around me and around my clients and, um, and then only allow through the highest energies. But again, the same as we talked about before, your intention is everything. And if your intention is only to connect with beings of the highest light and the highest intention for good, guess what? Universal law states that anything else is not available. Anything else cannot happen. So your intention is everything. I think it was important for our listeners to hear that. And yeah, back to intention. I love that. How do you guide people to use their superpowers? Because as we talk about in the future, in the future, at the beginning of your introduction, of guiding people to use their superpowers. So first of all, what is a superpower and how do you guide someone to use their superpowers? So there are so many superpowers that we have. And for a lot of us, especially those who are listening to this, it's, it's our sensitivities, right? The, the places we, where we are the most sensitive, when we change our 
concept of that from because a lot of times we've been told, oh, you're too sensitive. And, <laughs> you know, why can't you be in crowds? And, you know, all, all the things that we hear all the time. When we stop regarding those things as detriments and we start seeing them as, no, you know what? This is a superpower. I was put here on this earth. I chose to bring this superpower in because I am here to connect with people on that level where I feel them. And, and so it really depends on how each individual perceives things. So, you know, um, we kind of touched on some people see, some people hear, some people feel, some people know, some people smell, some people taste, you know, and, and it's really about moving into the superpower that's most available to you at the moment and trusting it and learning to work with it. And then what starts to happen from that place is all of your other superpowers open up in a way that is safe, in a way that feels just very natural and in a way that adds to your life instead of takes more energy from the things that you're doing. And so it's really about starting to pay attention to, okay, what are my superpowers? What are what are the sensitivities? What is it that maybe I've avoided or have felt weird about expressing in my life or shut down? And now let's move into, once I know what those are, I can move into inviting them back in a way that feels safe. Wonderful. I'm just thinking about my own experience as you're saying that. So that's wonderful. How's, mm-hmm. how's do somebody right now, again, difficult times, strenuous times, challenging times, how do people every day connect more to their joy and the love and the abundance and their life purpose? How do they start doing that every day? What are the, the little gems you share with people? Well, there are several things going on in the world right now. First of all, knowing that whatever you're seeing, whatever you're seeing is the light. <laughs> it's, it's everything coming out into the light so that we can focus our attention and intention on it and move forward from this place, heal it, make the changes, know what needs to be left behind, like all of those things. So it's, it's knowing that that's what's true. Um, there's also, I always say to people, fear is not a good reason to do or not to do anything. And that's, that's something to remember right now. You know, if you're making a decision from fear in any direction, then that is not a good reason. So check in with yourself before making any decisions. Um, And also right now, especially knowing that while it looks like the world is falling apart, while it looks like humanity is getting more and more divided, remembering that that's what certain outlets are choosing to show you. Mm-hmm. look beyond that and see how we are actually all coming together to demand and command the change that will lead us to the world that we've been holding the vision for. Um, and, you know, when we tap into the truth with the capital T, that's when our joy starts to come back. It can be as simple as you making five or 10 minutes to do something you like or something that is you're just doing for the sake of doing it. Like one of my favorite things is just take your hula hoop outside and, and play with that, you know, or draw a picture or do some jumping jacks to move some energy, like whatever it is that will bring you to a place of getting out of your head and getting into a space of having some fun, doing something that you enjoy just for the sake of doing it. So, so those are some ways you can start to get your hand on the pulse of your joy again, if you've been feeling really far removed from it. Mm -hmm. And I like getting out of your head and moving into your heart. 
yeah. and con- connecting into that. And when you talked about fear, I've mentioned before, there was a book I used to give out 30 years ago in my coaching practice. Um, it was fear, but it was false evidence appearing real. Appearing real. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't get the book anymore, but I used to give, it was a little book and I used to give it to people. And the one I really liked, the, the new kind of acronym was feeling excited and ready, not in dangerous circumstances, but knowing that it's an illusion and that you can start to get excited, but something's going to change in a big way. So it's, again, you talk about perception and that's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. So Teresa, Teresa, what is the unseen realms and how do they assist us to move through to the next level of a relationship with our beautiful mother earth, Gaia and the elementals, animals and nature? So basically the unseen realms are any of the kingdoms, any of the the realms of beings that we don't perceive with our eyes, right? So I think I was just reading something that said that what human eyes can perceive is like 1% of the energy that's actually out there. So, you know, it's like, wow, okay, so there's so much on this planet that we can't see. And, and so the unseen realms are those beings who exist and coexist with us that can help us um, if we choose to have relationship with them. And when I speak about the unseen realms, a lot of times I'll speak about our divine team. I'll speak about angels. I'll speak about fairies and unicorns and dragons and, you know, the gnomes and the sylphs and all of our really fun <laughs> partners on this planet. And so, you know, they, we can't necessarily see them because they exist in a different vibration than we can actually perceive. Um, but some of us, you know, there, there are some people I'm sure in this community, as well as in the community that I spend a lot of time in, like that can actually perceive them and and can see them. So they're not unseen to everybody, but they're mostly unseen. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know that when I was quite young, I had a a dream where I was shown mermaids that were extremely big. I'm not very good with measurements, but 10 feet more tall. And they were swimming close to me. And I went into this sacred space to meditate. And um, I was told you know, they're real, you know, for you to think they're not real, like, where are you coming from? And I was young. And, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, no, 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 I know they're real. I, I know they're there. You know, they, they were coming along to show me that. So talk about the 5D realm, because I think a lot of people, you know, we're in a multidimensional earth right now, but I don't think a lot of people understand the, the 5D realm, the 3D, the 4D. Where are we right now? And how do we deepen that spiritual connection? So a lot of us get stuck in the semantics and comparison. So so basically what we're doing right now is we're in a process of moving from a 3D earth to a 5D earth. Um, and it's just a different frequency and vibration. And earth herself um, has had petitioned the divine to move into her 5D state a lot earlier than she was planning because humanity had done so much damage to her that she needed to petition for the permission to do this quicker than she had planned. Um, And so what that meant is that humanity very quickly had to choose, are we going to stay in the 3D or are we moving into the 5D? And, And right now we're existing on a planet where there are three, at least three dimensions at once. So, but the thing is, and the issue is we can still see everybody. So if I go into a crowd, I can see the people who are choosing to stay in the 3D and who are moving into 4D and who are moving into 5D. There's no indication other than their actions and the choices they're making that that let you know that, which is why there's so much friction between people right now. There's, there's so much tension, especially amongst friends. And 
it's almost like you're seeing the world in this way and you're communicating with your friend who is absolutely not perceiving the world anywhere close to where you're seeing it. And they're saying, no, I see this. And, and it's almost like they're speaking a completely different language because none of what they're seeing is true in your experience. And that's happening across the board right now. So um, we're moving into this higher frequency and everyone is following the path that is exactly right for them. The people who want to stay in the 5D are the people who kind of are dragging their feet and, and expressing the desire to bring the planet and the way we look at things back to maybe the way they were in the 50s or the 80s, you know, and, um, and then the rest of us, we're wanting to move forward and we are where we are in the journey. We're, we're wanting to be in the new, create something new, um, figure out what wasn't working and, and how can we improve it? And so that's really what it is. It's just a different energetic vibration and it's a much lighter vibration. Although it feels heavy right now, that's just because the density is coming up for us to work through and, and eventually Gaia, mother earth and, and each and every one of us will be ascending into the 5d. It's just a matter of when and how long will it take? Does that answer your question, Maura? Yeah, it does. And also when I think about Mother Earth and, you know, how we've abused her and that she got a little break during this, you know, this whole virus thing and how they talked about and showed us images on YouTube of the animals mm -hmm. coming out and that was so beautiful because mm -hmm. that's the Mother Earth. So talk about judgment versus discernment here and, and what are the traits that are being activated with us within us right now? I like, I like this question a lot because <laughs> this is one of, so the difference between judgment and discernment is empowerment. And, and mm -hmm. so judgment it involves a lot of finger pointing and involves comparison. You know, when we're judging something, yes, we're, we're choosing if it feels right or true to us, but it also very often involves someone being right and someone being wrong. Mm -hmm. Discernment when we are, are making a discerning choice, it's more from a place of empowerment where we don't even need somebody to be wrong. We can just sort of be in the space of feeling, huh, does this feel right to me? And if it does, great. And if it doesn't, great. And we're not going to make you wrong for it feeling right to you. It just doesn't feel right to me. So you go on your merry way. I bless and release and I'll go on mine. And, and we can just still respect each other and come together when we need to. So. So that's the difference. And, you know, we're all up in this area right now. This is very much up for us, especially because people that we've been friends with for so long are expressing views that maybe we're questioning. How can you possibly hold that view, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I almost feel betrayed because this is a view you've held all this time and I didn't know, you know, mm -hmm. that's coming up for a lot of people. So right away we want to go into judgment and finger pointing. And you know, that old saying, when you point your finger at someone mm -hmm. else, there's three pointing right back at you. <laughs> I was and just thinking that as you were talking. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so it's like, okay, well, because you hold that view, maybe I can't necessarily be around you right now, but I still love you and let's do our thing. And maybe we'll try talking in a little while, you know, and, and that's the difference. It, it's, it's a, the difference is the level of anger. I feel like, um, you know, and the level of empowerment in your decision-making. I know for myself, as I'm an intuitive, like yourself in an mm -hmm. empath, that one of the lessons I had to learn for a long time, I think I'm, I think I've got it, but maybe 
who knows, was discernment yeah. because, because of the boundaries, again, being an empath and wanting to help people all the time. And, you know, I've, I've, I've learned to allow somebody to be where they're at. You know, they're just, that's their consciousness and just send them love, but keep boundaries up healthy to, around myself. So I'm also protected and safe. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you did. Def- yeah. oh, did you want to share there? I, I just wanted to say, um, you know, there's there's a saying that giving someone the dignity of their own process. And uh, that saying really changed my life and the way I approached other people. Because guess what? Your soul came to explore this planet and learn what it needed to learn. And by me telling you what it should be doing, I'm not letting you learn your own lesson. I'm yes. not letting you explore what's true for you. So so that saying, when I, when I first heard that, I was like, oh. You know, it was like a light bulb moment. Yes. And, and that's really helped me with the boundaries and with being more discerning. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at now. And it's been a long process. <laughs> yeah. How do you define the dark night of the soul? And how does a person navigate through that? Because we all have these moments. But please explain in your words what that is. So we sort of touched on that a little bit before. A lot of times the dark night of the soul is when you feel completely left alone Mm -hmm. and you feel like you're in a moment where maybe you're hitting bottom or, or maybe you're just reaching out and, and it doesn't seem like there's anyone there to take your hand and your faith in everything is being questioned. The world that you thought you knew existed is crumbling and falling apart and, and, it doesn't feel like there's any way out. And it's important for us, especially as spiritual seekers, to know that we will go through this at some point. And the level of trust and the amount of work we do with that before it hits is what actually will get us through. Like we were sharing a little bit before when you asked me, do you ever feel alone? There are absolutely those moments where I feel that, my guides aren't helping me the way maybe I want to be helped. And maybe there aren't people around me that can understand what I'm going through, but I never question that they're there. And I never question that the guidance will come back. It's just a matter of, they just have to hear me whine about how long it's going to take, (laughs) you know? So, so I feel like that's the important thing is, is really when we're in these moments, knowing that there will always be light at the end of the tunnel. The hard part is not knowing how mm-hmm. long the tunnel is and you know really trusting really going deep in trust and and drawing on those moments where you've been completely supported before where miraculous things have happened for you or things aligned in a way where they shouldn't have to get you to your next level or you were shown love and compassion like you didn't expect really drawing on those experiences as hardcore scientific evidence that something else is out there to help and love and support you. That's what will get you through. Mm, That's beautiful. Now I know it's important for people when my work to identify their core values in their life, in their business and their work in the world, but in their life. And you also talk about this and I want you to, if you could, Share with us, how do people anchor in the frequencies of their core values so they can, again, create the life that they desire on their terms? Yeah, some people don't even know what their core values are because we don't necessarily, you know, sit around a table talking, oh, what are your core values? Or really, what are yours? You know, Um, so it's kind of important to look back over your life if you don't necessarily know what they are and, and just to see 
What are those things that keep resurfacing in your life? What are the things that are important to you um, in order to feel trust in a relationship? Or what are those things where you're like, "Mm, nope, I cannot, I cannot be part of this Mm -hmm. because that will show you exactly what your core values are. So, you know, some, for some people it's trust and truth and, you know, spirituality, like whatever your values are. And right now what's happening for us um, in the midst of all of the chaos on this planet is that our core values are really coming up inside of us. And they're saying, okay, we need you to recommit. We need you to, to feel into, do these still feel good to you? Um, which ones do, which ones maybe are changing. And now we are going to explode Word once we have an agreement from you because you're needed to hold exactly those frequencies in the world right now. So, so that's so important for us because we're getting really activated. And if anyone watches the news or reads the news, where you get activated when you're watching those things and when you're hearing about those things, that's part of what you're here to change and shift, you know? So, so a lot of times our feelings and emotions will lead us exactly to what part of our life purpose is. So just really pay attention to that. And, and like I said, they're coming up full force now for us because we're here to radiate those frequencies outward so that this planet can have more of it. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Hmm. <laughs> Teresa, you have a wonderful gift that you'd like to give to our listeners today. Can you tell us what that is and how that can help them? Sure. It's, it's a beautiful Archangel Michael journey. And it's a meditative journey that you can do every day if you desire, or you can do it once in a while, whatever feels true to you. And Archangel Michael will meet you. You will get to really know him and his energy and what he feels like and how he supports you. And he will offer you information and exploration into your life purpose, what it looks like now in this exact moment and where to go from here. And as you evolve and as you change, this journey will evolve with you. Archangel Mikael will continue to assist you in every moment, in every step of your journey. And that's why I love this meditation so much because it brings us through our evolution. And Michael just is so beautiful. And you can invite him once you know what he feels like and and you love his energy because you will. You can invite him to be part of your everyday life and he will be as present with you as you will allow him to be. So that's why I adore this and I feel so blessed to be able to offer it to all of you. So I thank you more for letting us do that. You are welcome. I listened to it before our interview this weekend. It, it was just beautiful. And um, it'll bring tears if you come from your soul and you can, I talk, you'll be mm. crying a little bit, which is always a good thing. The links will be below the show's notes to find uh, not only Teresa, but that gift that she gave you today. Teresa, thank you so much for sharing your own personal journey from your heart and soul and your wisdom on how we can all connect to our innate joy and the angelic realm. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening to the Heart Soul Wisdom Podcast with Moira Sutton. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please join our community at moirasutton.com and continue the discussion on our Facebook page, Create the Life You Love. 
you will be part of a global movement connecting with other heart-centered people who are consciously creating the life they love on their own terms. Together, we can raise our consciousness for the greater good of humanity and for our planet.